Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. Well, I was an early user of the external display with iPad, so I did it back in the, you know, the letterbox days and, you know, where it's just mirroring the screen and that was not the ideal experience. So the first time I plugged in the iPad and it filled the whole external screen, it felt like magic. You know, it was just like, wow, this is a... <laughs> this is amazing. And actually, I mentioned that I had avoided the betas all summer. But once I actually got iPadOS 16, I could not have external support. So I got on the beta immediately <laughs> after it came out. Welcome back to the Rips to Web Pros. This week, we are once again joined by Devin Dundee from the Magic Rays of the Light podcast, all about the Apple TV. For this episode, we are finally doing that deep dive into iPadOS 16, I want to wait a bit until Stage Manager had stabilized just a bit. So in this episode, we deep dive into all things iPadOS 16. You can support this podcast over patreon.com slash iPadPros or by subscribing in Apple Podcasts. My thanks to everyone that supports the show financially. It really does mean a lot and help with the production of the show. Coming up for early access is the next episode, which is a nearly two-hour discussion with Sean from Blackmagic Design, all about DaVinci Resolve for iPad. This is a big moment for iPad, and this was a really great discussion. So, really, access for that episode is coming out very soon. And for just a dollar a month, get early access and chapter markers at patreon.com slash iPadPros. With that, here's my discussion with Devin, all about iPadOS 16. Welcome back to the podcast, Devin. Hey, thanks, Tim. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. So it's it's been a bit. October 2021, your last on for episode 125. And that's when we got a brand new iPad mini that is still the the brand new iPad mini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, so hopefully that gets updated at some point. Um, so first, just to follow up from that episode, iPad mini, is that still something you're using heavily? What's the mini's role in your life? And has that changed at all? Well, I've just been more and more impressed with the Mini over time. It's kind of uh, taken over more and more of the things that I do. It's actually kind of become my main device for anything that's not productivity related or specifically writing. So I found it to be perfect for social media, catching up on news and stuff like that, watching videos, playing games. So yeah, it's kind of uh, become more and more of a role in my life over time. So I, I really, really like it. Cool. Yeah. So the iPad Pro is kind of your like work computer, and then the Mini is kind of your fun leisure computer. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Okay. And then what's what is your current setup these days for the iPad uh, Pro? So I've got the 13 inch M1 iPad Pro. I didn't go for the M2, but um, still rocking the M1 in the Magic Keyboard case, and I carry that with me everywhere. I basically use it as a laptop. I hardly ever take it out of the case. Yeah. And uh, then when I'm at work. I will plug it into an LG Ultrafine 4K display okay. and use a Magic Keyboard, you know, the separate Bluetooth keyboard, yes. not the case for the iPad, yes. yeah. and a Magic Trackpad, and I will run the iPad that way. And then sometimes uh, I will use, my work has issued me a 14-inch MacBook Pro, okay. and so I'll have that off to the side, and sometimes I'll pop that open and use it with Universal Display if I need to do some Mac stuff. Gotcha. Very cool. And yeah, I'm on that same exact setup with uh, <laughs> uh, M1 iPad Pro 12.9 inch and love that thing. And uh, also have a 
external magic keyboard and trackpad and that's such a nice trackpad that external huge trackpad it's so nice oh <laughs> yes it's really nice you appreciate it more and more as you use the even the 13 inch ipad pro magic keyboard that that trackpad is still a little small i think and so you just appreciate yeah. the big one over time yeah for sure and then I, I am rocking a different display but also a 4k display um and it is it is amazing going to a big display like that i've, I've played around with some lower quality displays that aren't 4k and stuff but going up the 4k it's super nice having all that screen space to work with yeah for sure yeah i don't know i could go under 4k at this point i think i'm spoiled to it yes yeah (laughs) and then any other new accessories outside the monitor enter your ipad life i did upgrade to the airpods pro 2 last fall okay i've been rocking the original airpods pro since they released and the battery was you know Mm -hmm. starting to wear down on those sure and I think those are a great accessory for the uh, the iPad Pro. But that's just about it for me as far as new things. I've actually held off on buying anything since we last talked, thankfully, okay. which yeah. is nice. <laughs> it can be hard to resist. Uh, the uh, AirPods Pro 2, uh, noticeable from the first generation? Like, it's, hearing is believing, I guess, with these, right? <laughs> yeah, it's hard to translate. I'm not an audiophile type. I don't hear that kind of stuff. So for me, it's similar audio quality. Now, yeah. the noise cancellation is really great. I work in a kind of a noisy office. Yeah. Lots of people going back and forth. So it does definitely come in handy there. Uh, that is a difference that I have noticed. But other than that, it was mostly just, you know, uh, battery life, which is obviously come in handy with the new device. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I like enabling on AirPods is the single AirPod noise cancellation mode, which you can do in accessibility. That actually, I get uh-huh. I get benefit from that. Like it does does the trick for for certain things. Nice, yeah. So, um, and then you're rocking the LG 4K Ultra Fine. Um, so as far as new apps or things you're doing with your iPad, is any of that change? Any new discoveries for apps or um, kind of things you find yourself doing with the iPad? I have had one pretty big breakthrough with the iPad for mm-hmm. me. I feel like life with the iPad is just continually discovering new parts of my workflow that I can do on there because that's where I love to do things. And so one big part of my job is running presentations for events, Yep, you know, uh, slide lyrics and presentations and things like that. And I've always had to use a Mac because that's where ProPresenter is available. I don't know. I don't know if you're familiar with ProPresenter, but it's a pretty powerful... It's a pretty powerful presentation app. It's kind of like Keynote, but scaled up uh, really big. And so you can run like motion backgrounds across different slides which is actually a feature Uh they're bringing to keynote but it's more flexible on pro presenter and you can run your presentations kind of out of order Hmm. you know if you need to skip around which is really handy so pro presenter is on the mac and so usually when i go to events i have to carry a macbook with me and plug it in but i've discovered this app called slippity which is a free app uh, i love the name name. by the way it sounds like a a frog or something a frog a pet, (laughs) pet frog it's a great name for an app. And it's like a really scaled down version of ProPresenter, but you're able to run those presentations with the looping backgrounds and kind of skip around. And so this summer I went to a conference where I was having to run the presentations. Mm-hmm. And instead of having to lug a MacBook Pro around, I already had my iPad with me. So I just plugged it in and it output uh, to the big display and I was able to run my presentations that way. It was really great. Do you build the presentations within that app or are you importing uh, PowerPoints or Keynotes somehow? So you can, like, import presentations as just, like, JPEGs. Mm-hmm. 
but generally you can also just build them in Slippity. Okay. Like uh, if you've got a song, they have a little lyrics builder that you can yeah. do real easily. Nice. So I kind of did a mix of that, both using their, their builder and also you can just build like JPEGs and import them as well. Okay. Very cool. So um, anything else iPad related before we move on to the main topic of today, which is iPad OS 16 and Stage Manager, because we still, this is this is our kind of like iPad OS 16 blowout episode. It, it's finally stable <laughs> and out there. It's uh, January or February now. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm ready to get into it if you are. Cool. Uh, so let's kick off Stage Manager. And this has had quite the journey over the summer and even into the fall and winter. Um, and I, it's, it feels stable. The stuff isn't crashing anymore. You can use it on external <laughs> displays reliably. And um, what are your kind of overall thoughts on it? And as has it found good utility in your your day to day? Well, I'll start by saying I was kind of a spectator for a lot of the glitches and stuff over the summer. I intentionally chose to stay off the betas. Yeah, over the summer period because I really wanted Stage Manager to be a winner. And uh, so I kind of wanted to see Apple's fully realized vision of it, which we got with iPadOS 16.1. Yeah. And uh, when it finally came, I was uh, just in love with it from the start. I've really enjoyed it. I found it to be really conductive for my workflows. So tasks that I usually be switching between different, you know, views or even maybe even using two different devices for. Yeah. You know, that was a workflow I was using a lot was like maybe something on my iPad Pro and something on my iPad Mini. Now I can just do it all in one single stage, which uh, really comes in handy for me. And I've kind of gotten in the flow of adding windows from the dock or the yeah. app library or Spotlight. You can do that as well. Uh-huh. I kind of add those as needed. And then once I'm done with them, I just minimize them and bring up the next window and just kind of uh, get yeah. into the flow that way, which has really come in handy. So it's been great for my productivity. It's been a lot of fun even. Uh, with the floating windows, I've never been a big fan of floating windows, which is kind of one of the reasons right. I was on the iPad. But uh, with those guides that they have now kind of help you arrange them, I actually find that really helpful because it means I don't have to be on top of those constantly. The OS just kind of does it for me. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really liking Stage Manager. And it sounds like you mostly just stick with one stage rather than you have like two active stages with different apps and, you know, two different stages. Is that right? Yeah, for the most part, I'm never using more than three or four apps at a time. Okay. So uh, I usually just do things in one stage and, like I said, just bring them up as I need them. And then I'm pretty aggressive about minimizing windows when I'm done with them. I don't like them to stay there unless I absolutely need them at that moment. Yeah. No, I'm sort of the same way. Um, do you any minimizing versus closing the, the windows? Because I guess that, that is now a thing in stage to enter. You can minimize or yeah, close. As- yeah, over time, Apple has uh, finally ingrained it into me that I don't need to quit apps. Yeah. So um, I just I just have gotten used to that Command-M minimize movement to nice. keep them going in the background. Yeah. And one thing I, I kind of love doing at times is doing the um, four windows up, all just mini iPhone displays. You have a little dashboard on your iPad, sort of. Do you ever find yourself just do, going all out, just four, four little iPhones on your iPad and any good uses with that? I think it's a really cool idea. I haven't done it as much. Um, I think it could really come in handy for like social media stuff. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. I tend to use those uh, on their own. Actually, I don't <laughs> tend to run social media apps on my iPad Pro very much at all. I use that mostly on my iPad Mini. Mini, yeah. But it is a cool idea to kind of have a social media dashboard. You've got those four kind of columns and then 
when you're done, you just kind of move on and don't get distracted anymore. I think I need to give that a try. Is that yeah. what you're doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's nice. Um, and apps that support multi-window, you know, you can have two, you know, multiple <laughs> windows up, the life of windows up that same app if you wanted to. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, what are some of the app combos you find yourself, you know, gravitating towards? Well, one of my workflows is social media scheduling. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so often what I'll be doing is I'll have like the image that I'm editing and I'll have some reference material and then I'll have like the actual web page where I upload those and schedule them. Yeah. And so stage manager is perfect for that. I'll have the editor taking up one half of the screen and then on the other half I'll have my reference material and the web page. And so that's a really great flow for very quickly copying over what I need and and getting it where it needs to go. Um, When I'm working on notes for uh, my podcast i'll have my notes app up and sometimes i'll actually be maxing out the four windows there because you know i'm referring to the tv app the app store safari uh swapping in different windows as needed but thankfully with the way stage manager kind of arranges them i never lose any of them right because there's always Mm -hmm. at least a quarter of them available i do have one permanent stage that i never get rid of i uh, resist that urge to minimize when i'm done with it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that is my bedtime routine. Yeah. And this has been really great. So I use uh, Structured as my day planner app. Mm-hmm. And then I have Everlog for journaling and Awesome Habits for habit tracking. And so every night, the last thing I do before bed on my iPad Pro is I pull those three up in a stage and I'll do my plan for the next day. I'll do my journaling for the day. And then I'll check in on all my, you know, my habits for the day and make sure they're all checked off. Yeah. Got to keep my streaks going. So I'm most curious with journaling, what's your approach? Are you trying to find like just one moment from to that day or what would, would, and do you kind of review that at any point in the future, go back, you know, a year later and see what was happening? I kind of just let it be whatever I need it to be that day. You know, um, a lot of days it's just kind of going over whatever it was that I did. But, you know, if there's something that I'm kind of working through or thinking about, then, you know, I'll give myself space to write about it. Um, I also do gratitudes at the end of the day in my journaling app. I think that's a helpful practice, you know, just kind of thinking of at least one thing that you're thankful for, even if it maybe it wasn't the best day. Yeah. And um, Everlog has the on this day feature. And that recently started working for me because I've been journaling for a year, which is kind of, <laughs> you know, yeah. a cool milestone. Um, so, yeah, now I get to go back and see what I was writing about a year ago, which is sometimes hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> And Everlog, how is the actual app experience? It's like on the phone and the iPad. Do you only use it on the iPad? I use it on everything. Um, on my phone, I mostly use it for just like stray thoughts. But mm-hmm. for like actual journaling, I'll sit down with the iPad Pro with the keyboard because that, that's helpful. But it's a great app. It's Markdown. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a really simple Markdown editor that just gets out of the way and lets you write. And, you know, I use Markdown for all my other writing. So it's, it's pretty... Uh, Seamless to get things to look the way I want and, you know, do links and stuff like that if I need nice. to. So uh, one of my favorite steps with Stage Manager is we now have this new ability to do horizontal splits. So like the split screen and multitasking, you have these vertical splits. But now we can have wide apps. And that that's a yep. fun thing to be able to do. And um, I've mentioned this before, but the ability to edit a podcast while having you know, a, a widescreen website or, you know, a Mastodon or Twitter uh, app in the background, just scroll that. Um, that's a really kind of, it's a, a new ability, you know, you can have, yeah. uh, and it doesn't even need to be a clean split. It can just kind of be in the background and 
you can either with your finger or trackpad uh, be scrolling content, which is kind of cool. Do you do much of, of kind of the horizontal splits now that we can? I think I've just been trained over the years to do the vertical splits, yeah. you know, to prefer <laughs> the more uh, vertical windows. So I haven't done this, but hearing you mention using ferrite like that, uh, the next time I need to edit a video in LumaFusion, I'm going to do the same thing because it has yeah. you know, that same kind of timeline view. Yep. And I'm always referring to notes while I'm editing. So yeah, uh, I'm going to yeah. try that next time. Yeah. Uh, that's nice. a really good idea. Yeah. Um, something that must drive you insane with the screenshots doing a Apple TV podcast is trying to just get reference screenshots of videos you're watching. Have you found a, a workaround or is just grabbing your iPhone to get a picture of your iPad the way you you handle that? Um, I don't do a lot of screenshots of like the, the TV app and stuff like yeah. that. I've just been, it's just been kind of trained out of me because, you know, the DRM and all that good stuff. Right. Uh, my co-host Sigmund, he has some workarounds for that sort of thing, that uh, that he gets like the the gifs, yeah, of the different shows for for you know reactions on social media, which is great. Yeah, but I mostly leave that to him. I haven't, I don't mess with DRM stuff a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, it is it is one of the most baffling things as far as like you're worried we're gonna share a screenshot of a video or do 24 captures <laughs> a second to try to replicate this it's right right yeah i mean especially with them trying to get their shows in front of more people and you know social media is a great way to do that why wouldn't you allow people to kind of clip things totally. and share memes and stuff like yeah. that but it's weird i don't know it's just the way it is i guess <laughs> yeah so um the external monitor um you need to use stage manager there obviously um we now have two monitors you have your ipad screen and your external monitor how has that changed what you're doing on the iPad? Like, are you doing more things here now that you have the bigger space to work with versus the old days of needing a Mac to have this kind of real estate? Well, I was an early user of the external display with iPad. So I did it back in the, you know, the oh, letterbox gosh. days yeah. and, you know, where it's just mirroring the screen and that was not the ideal experience. So the first time, I plugged in the iPad and it filled the whole external screen. It felt yeah. like magic. You know, yeah, right? It was just like, wow. A real this computer, is, uh, finally. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. And actually, I mentioned that I had avoided the betas all summer. But once I actually got iPadOS 16, I could not have external support. Yeah. So I got on the beta immediately right. <laughs> after it came out. Um, and it's been really great for me. There isn't anything that I do that I can't do on the 13-inch iPad mm -hmm. display. But with the external display, you have so much more space to work with. Yeah. And so what I found is I can spread out more. The The windows on my external display never overlap. I can align them in a way that I can always see everything at once. Yeah. Which is great. And also, especially with the way iPad works, if you're trying to drag things from one window to another, the window has to be in the forefront. Uh -huh. So um, not having them overlap on the external display really, really helps. So yeah, it, it's been great. And um, I use it all the time. And I, I, I think that uh, it's a really useful addition to the OS after all these years. Yeah. Do you use the iPad in kind of a different mode when hooked up to external? Like sometimes I'll turn on split screen multitasking for the iPad. Uh, when I'm hooked up to external and I want a simpler experience over there that I'm touching and stuff and then uh, the stage manager on that uh, external, do you do stuff like that at all or how do you use the iPad display when you're working on the external, if at all? I think it's cool that you have that option. I tend to just leave stage manager enabled on my iPad all the time. Yeah. 
even when it's uh, even when it's on an external display. And I've never been a person to use multiple screens before. Like that's yeah. just not how right. I use a computer. But because the iPad kind of forces you into that because it doesn't have a clamshell mode, which is probably how I, no, I would do it. That would be lovely. <laughs> I'd love that. Yeah, it would be great. But what I tend to do is I'll leave like messages or mm-hmm. email on the iPad screen so that if I need to shoot off a message real quick, I can do that without disrupting whatever I'm doing yeah. on the big screen. Or if I'm referencing something, you know, like a PDF or a note, I'll put it there. And one thing that I've been trying, this is kind of a recent experiment, but it's actually turned out to be kind of cool, is I'll use the iPad screen. I'll use one app full screen on the iPad as like a drop mm-hmm. zone for yeah. files that I'm working on. So I mentioned the social media planning stuff. I'll put the web page full full screen on the iPad so I can just drop those images without even moving my eyes and know that they're going to go there. Yeah. And uh, that's been pretty cool. I'm still figuring out the two screen thing, but I'm starting to kind of get it. And I, yeah. I think now, even if they gave me the clamshell mode, uh, I might not use it because it, yeah. it is helpful to have that second screen sometimes. Yeah. Clamshell would be great uh, for the iPad Air. And if the iPad mini ever got an M chip with the touch ID sensor being on one of those would be great. And then, of course, you'd want them to just enable the touch ID Mac keyboard to just work with iPad. So anyone could (laughs) clamshell in an elegant way. Yeah. Yes, that would be that would be wonderful. It is it is kind of weird when the face ID icon comes up on the external display and you got to look over this way. It tells you it has a little playful to look over there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then um. Do you do much video conferencing for your job? Are you one thing I've I found is the iPad being just a big uh, video conferencing screen, while the external you can still continue doing work there, which is nice. I think that's a really cool use case. I haven't had a chance to play with it much. Most of my video calls I do from home, okay. where I don't yeah. have an external display. Now I do have an M1 iMac at home, so if they ever enabled that external display support over AirPlay. I would use the heck out of that. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, but uh, when I'm when I'm at home doing the calls, I usually just have my my iPad up in the yeah the keyboard up thing. in the in the twelve south hover bar for video oh, calls. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that hover bar thing. It's it's great. That's what I use next to my monitor as kind of keeping it a little bit higher. Very nice. Yeah. And upstairs for with my wife set up. Um, uh, she has like one of those USB Bluetooth dongle things that's plugged into the back of her display, which is a USB C monitor. So sometimes I'll use that, but other times I'll just hook the iPad in directly and use the Magic Keyboard um, for iPad as the input device with it kind of below the screen, which is also kind of a nice setup to to use for quick quick kind of things. Yeah, I've seen several videos and photos of people who do that setup, and that's that's a really nice look if you can if you can work that way. The one really annoying thing that Apple did in December was release 16.3, and they decided full-screen apps means uh, you don't want stuff behind a full-screen app, because that's just silly. So one of my favorite tricks in in the old November days was uh, I'd be, like, exporting a video in LumaFusion in the background while having a full-screen app in front of it. And now you can't do that. You have to, like, make it a big window but not fill the whole screen, which <laughs> kind of annoying that Apple decided to do that. So um, they're still kind of tweaking it, and hopefully they'll go in better directions in the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's something about Stage Manor that still feels like it. all the details are not quite finished, like the, the Globe F keyboard shortcut, yeah. which I use all the time. Apparently, 
during the summer beta, you could hit Command F while in full screen mode, and it would actually make the window smaller at one point. Yeah, it, re- it reverted to the old size previous full screen. So you could have it, you know, a smaller window, then go Command F, then go back to where it was, which was a really elegant way to like go back and forth between two size classes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would have loved that feature because I do the globe F all the time, but then you have to drag from the bottom corner. It kind yeah. of disrupts the flow. Whatever I can do to keep my fingers on the keyboard, uh, I would love to be enabled. I did want to ask you, how do you feel about the recent app strip on the side of the screen? Do you have that enabled? I do. Um, on the external, I sometimes do and sometimes don't on the iPad, depending on how much window space I want. Yeah. 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 I, I've i gone in and hidden it. You know, you can go into settings and, and toggle it off, but you then you can still access it if you swipe across the yes. side of your yeah. screen or if you bump the cursor up against it. But uh, I have found that uh, sometimes I'll be using universal control mm-hmm. with my Mac, and then I want the uh, the strip, and I can't get to it with my cursor, so I have oh, to use my finger. Yeah. That's kind <laughs> um, of but yeah, I think uh, I think the strip having it configurable was smart because um, I found that I don't use it every time that I'm using Stage yeah. Manager. It's nice to have it when I need it, but it's also nice to be able to have that extra screen real estate. Yeah, um, you know, typical daily daily use. Yeah, one app that has been annoying me, I think, is Hulu's the one that does this. I can't make it a, a full screen app on Stage Manager <laughs> on the external display. So I'll turn on the lower resolution mode on the monitor to make the window slightly bigger. <laughs> oh, see, what I do is uh, I put Hulu over on the iPad screen and play the video from the iPad, and it then it uses the old school kind of external display support to take over the external display. Does that still work? Um, I thought I tried that recently, and it just stopped. It stopped doing what it used to do of that old trick you're talking about. Um, well, at least on iPadOS 16.3, the public release, it still works. Okay. Uh, I tried it out the other day because, uh, I've run into the same thing. You know, you try to drag the corner of the Hulu app and it just won't get any bigger. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, fortunately, you know, they had that consideration even back before stage manager that sometimes you want to play video full screen on the external display. And so they have some kind of back end way of doing that. And that also works for like, you know, keynote, if you want to present a keynote and have your presenter notes on the iPad, you can do that. Or an app like, yeah. like I mentioned, Slippity, before you have your the controls old on the iPad. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And I'm I'm glad they didn't take that out because uh, I was kind of worried about that when Stage Manager came around. Yeah. I'll figure that out a shot because I, I did try that recently and I didn't do the right handshake, I guess, to make that work. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, as far as other display stuff we got with 16, we also got reference mode, which I'll turn on if I'm photo editing. I think that's a really nice, like, ability. I probably don't need it, but it's fancy. I don't know. And then we got the ability to show more or less space, depending, you know, the display scaling, which is super nice to show more content. Do you do, you do much with either of those features? I haven't tried the reference display mode. I haven't done any like hardcore color editing uh, since getting iPadOS 16. But I think it's great that it's there because, you know, you've got that big, beautiful screen that's capable of it. So why not, not? you know, take advantage of it. But the more space display mode, I don't think Stage Manager would work without it. No. Especially on the 11-inch iPad. Yeah. Because the, the density of the content is just, it's too high to have 
three or four windows going at the same time in that standard mode. So I switched to more space as soon as I upgraded to iPadOS 16 and I haven't changed it because um, it just, it makes that multi-window experience so much more useful because you can see so much more. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Like, feels like I got a bigger iPad. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah it free. feels like a 15-inch or something. Yeah. Now, I did have to go into certain apps, like uh, Discord is one. The text was so tiny in more space mode. Yeah. I had to, you know, enable the text size button in Control Center, and uh, then you can actually change oh, the see. text size per app. Yeah. And I bumped up Discord a little bit, which that's my first time ever having to increase text size on a device, right. but I feel like, you know, it's probably going to happen more over time. Sure. Um. But anyway, so there are some apps that the more space it gets a little too small for me. Yeah. But you can always bump that up thanks to Apple's accessibility features. Yeah. So um, other I've had OS 16 stuff, um, some of this is shared with iOS, but um, iCloud shared photo library has been really remarkable and just uh, couldn't have come at a better time for, for our family <laughs> with a new uh, new new little one in our family. So uh, we've been using that extensively, mainly just for... Um, baby photos to share those across. Um, have you started experimenting with iCloud Shared Photo Library? This was, other than Stage Manager, this was the feature I was most looking forward to with iPadOS 16. Yeah. Uh, day one when it came out, I got with my wife. I said, hey, let's let's figure this thing out. You know, it's a little bit of a process to set up. Yeah. Because you have to like, you can pick like a date that you want to start the library out, which, you know, we picked, mm-hmm. you know, when we got together. Back in 2017, that was a pretty easy cutoff date. Yeah, and then you can pick like the faces, mm-hmm. the people that you want included. So we picked all our family, and then uh, we had to kind of go through and clean up a little bit. You know, there were a couple things that it missed, a couple things that we didn't necessarily want in there. But yeah, it's been incredible for us uh, because we used to have to keep like a shared iCloud album. Yeah, and you know, it was constantly, oh, did you upload those to the album? Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you save it's them a lower quality shared album as well? Yeah, yeah, it was kind of a mess. So I'm thankful that we don't have to worry about that. And my favorite kind of side effect, I, I hadn't even considered this, but yeah. of the iCloud Shared Photo Library is the Apple TV uh, screensaver. Right. You can actually set your photo library as the screensaver. And so it took it, I would say, maybe a week to actually process all those, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pictures and get them all ready to go. But now, we can uh, pull up the Apple TV and just watch a little origami slideshow nice. of years of pictures of, you know, vacations and yeah. our dog and different things. And uh, that's been amazing. I'm I'm so happy for the feature, even just for that. So I, I wanted to mention, uh, have, you, have you seen Poker Face at all? Not yet. I, I, need to, I need to see that one. There is a very funny reference to the Apple TV, of all things. This is a um, show that's on... What the network's so, uh, Peacock. Peacock, that's right. Um, Ryan Johnson. But um, um, his wife catches his husband cheating on him because of the Apple TV screensaver of <laughs> him setting a photo, and he was stupid enough to leave uh, the photo in his iCloud library that's being shared to the Apple TV. <laughs> so that's a, it he didn't a rare... know about the... Yeah. <laughs> he didn't know about the hidden album on the I guess uh, not. photos app. No. I guess. <laughs> it was... Uh, it was just a fu- such a funny, like, random, like, the Apple TV, like, the most, a device that almost no one has as far as, like, the TV ecosystem. 
and it's referenced in a non it's not even an apple tv production it's like it's like <laughs> so random so yeah you'll you have that to look amazing. forward to and uh, i think it's an episode one that happens yeah uh, <laughs> but anyways um the a thing i really love about it is the memories get carried over uh, to both people so everyone gets the same um photo pool for that which is nice oh that's very cool i didn't know that do you, did um was there much discussion with who becomes the primary <laughs> uh library holder or how that works who set up the shared library well, I'm the techie one in the family, so that's always going to fall on me. Yeah, that's kind of uh, how I'm here, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if something goes wrong, you and I are the ones who are going to have to fix exactly. it, right? Yeah. And then another thing I use almost daily is editing iMessages. There's there's inevitably some kind of little typo, and I just, I don't undo send very often, but the, the typos I do constantly. <laughs> I'll only undo send if it's a really embarrassing typo, you know, and you're just like, no, 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 don't look at that, please. Because, you know, there is still the edit history, so they can always go back and see. (laughs) Um, For me, it's emoji. For whatever reason, when I tap an emoji, I always tap the one next to it as well. Uh, And so I end up sending, you know, something totally unintended, you know, like the mad face or something. And so, yeah, I edit out emojis in my messages all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's such a simple thing, but so nice. Like, they didn't do much yes. of messages, but the thing they did was so important. Yes. Um, I still have family members that don't understand this feature exists and will send, like, four messages when trying to correct their, their typos. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It'll take some time. Yeah. Um, and then a uniquely iPad feature that launched a little bit after was the Freeform app in collaboration APIs and stuff with the Jet, where Agenda has done this and other third parties are doing this. Um, with your work, is Freeform something that you would have a use for? It seems like maybe that might have application, but I'm not sure. Freeform, I think it's an incredible app that they've done. I just tend to think more in like linear text. Yeah. Like that's just the way my brain works. Yep. I love lists. Uh-huh. I love I love text. So for me, a blank canvas is very intimidating. Okay. Uh, I'm not an artistic person. Yeah. But I could definitely see it coming in handy for like uh, the next time I plan a family trip. Yeah. Um, because Notes app gets really junked up with links and pictures and all that really quickly. Yeah. Whereas you can kind of organize the chaos, I feel like, on Freeform. So yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm going to try it for next, but I've seen some really cool uses of it. If I was more artistic, I feel like, you know, maybe I'd do more note-taking in there. Right, yeah. And I'm kind of similar with, like, I want a, a list that goes up to down. Like, when I'm doing podcasts, I've seen people, like, use the podcast show notes. Like, I'll probably forget something if this is free-flowing <laughs> thing. I need to order to this a bit more. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's just... uh it's just two different ways for the brain to work. Some people just don't work well, you know, with a list, and some people don't work well with the canvas. Now, as far as the collaboration stuff, yeah, uh, I don't know how much you collaborate with Apple Notes, but they've made some strides there. Yeah, we have some, as... I have some shared notes with my wife. That's about the extent of it. Okay. Um, I use them for my podcast, and they've really improved the collaboration feature as far as like the speed at which things sync over when people yeah. are typing. It's almost real time now. You can actually uh, see their cursor kind of like in in google, google notes. notes yeah or or docs. google docs, docs. like in google, google docs, docs. <laughs> that's how much i use google docs almost never right yeah same here but um yeah that's pretty cool um and then 
As far as third parties and collaborating, I haven't done a ton of that yet, but one app that I'm eyeing right now is Mango Baby. Yeah. Oh, which that is, a, is amazing, by the way. You, oh, this yeah? This is an app you have to look forward to. Um, awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah, my wife and I are expecting our first child in August, and so we kind of did the preliminary setting up of the collaboration there, but of course, we don't have any data to enter yet. So, yes. uh, But I'm I'm happy that that's going to be there for, for when the time does come. So you guys use Mango Baby? We do. We are looking at all the options like, oh, this one, they don't sell your data. It's just, <laughs> it uses iCloud Sync. Really nicely designed app that even has an iPad design as well. I was actually looking at the freezer milk the other day, and I was, they weren't labeled with the, how much was in there. So we actually went back to make, uh, the app and was, oh, that's how much was pumped that day. We could kind of fill out how much we have in there now. Uh, and nice. the sync is great. Like, it's iCloud Sync. It's like, oh, this is like the first app they just iCloud collaboration. It's like, just invite the person to it. And yeah, it's, it's sending the, the data back and forth. And uh, it's pretty quick to update and... That's been a solid, solid app for us. So, um, yeah, that amazing that Collaboration came when it did for that as well. I mean, <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's a great feature, and I hope that we see more and more third-party apps integrate with it because it, it really is well done. Yeah, without, it, it's fun looking back at the data. They, it's like, of like <laughs> just, you know, growth and stuff and has, uh, you know, the, the charts and kind of like where your child is compared to the, the rest of the the standards or whatever. Yeah. But anyways, I could talk about that for a while. Um, <laughs> iCloud shared um, tabs with like Safari. Is that something you've experimented with for your podcast at all? Or is the Apple Notes thing the primary? Yeah, we stick to Apple Notes. I use the Safari tab groups feature all the time uh, personally, but I haven't tried the shared one. Uh, I imagine it would probably be pretty useful I just haven't jumped into it yet. Yeah, I have tried, tried that. It seems like that'd be a fun way to, I don't know, be having a podcast. Just here's our tab group and you can see who's in which tab and stuff. Uh, yeah, and then you might get angry at people when they close the tab they are trying to reference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other iPad-y thing with iPad OS 16, a desktop class app. So we have apps that can have toolbars that are, you know, customizable the files app, you're able to change like file extensions and they've done some like tweaks with like, um, I, I think the calendar, you're able to see like more invite status and stuff. Like they've added some features that have been like long requested. So, um, I'm not sure if there's any thoughts there with like better, better iPad apps. <laughs> yeah. I got excited during that part of the keynotes, the desktop class apps. Um, you know, the ability to edit the toolbars. I find helpful just for cleaning things up because there's yeah. a lot of buttons up there that I just don't uh, I don't use. Um, but one thing that I was hoping for that would be looped in with this that wasn't, and it's kind of a small nitpicky thing, mm-hmm. but um, in Pages you can set your tabs, you know, with the ruler, but you can't set leaders for the tabs. So if you want the dot 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 or the yeah. dashes, you have to use a Mac for that, which is so weird to Ugh. me. And you, I wish you, that one hadn't imports, fallen through the cracks. So you can import a Mac document into the iPad and that works. Yep. So w- what I'll do is I'll do everything on the iPad. I'll get all the tabs set and I'll get the structure just the way I want it. 
and then I'll go over to the Mac just to add the leaders. <laughs> and then I'll go back to the iPad to actually, oh. you know, finish and, and print and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, that's a that's a small thing. But yeah, the desktop class apps, I'm glad to see uh, see that effort put into the files and, and all the different apps that you can edit the toolbars now. Yeah. And then uh, Apple Mail, it got some really nice tweaks. Um, the one thing I use pretty much every week is the remind me of this email feature. That's something... It's like, oh, I, don't, I can't respond now. Let me remind me tomorrow. Oh, I am not. don't want to reply right now. Let me set it back. <laughs> I'm doing, doing that a lot. I don't do scheduled send all that much. Um, there is better searching and rich links as well. But that reminding is just huge. Any, any things with an Apple Mail that you're liking? I can't use the remind me later feature because I don't keep emails in my inbox. Oh, so you're like an inbox clear it everything out kind of guy. Yeah, okay. it goes in a folder or it goes into the archive, um, depending on what I need to do with it. So I hope yeah. they bring that to other folders. I think that would be a great That'd addition because be nice. I would I would use that feature for sure. Yeah, it's very helpful. But the scheduled sending, I do use all the time because I catch up on emails at really weird times. You know, I'll, it'll mm-hmm. be late at night or you know whatever, and I want to be respectful of other people. So I usually will schedule those for the next day at the start of you know the business day. Also, so I don't seem like, you know... You're working 24 hours a day? Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Who has no self-control or whatever. But I guess it's true. I just can kind of hide it. (laughs) Yeah. No. No, very cool. And that's been reliable. The iPad needs to be awake when it's sending, right? So um, that's part of the... I think it just needs to have network access. I think it can do it when it's asleep. Okay. And it might... I I don't know for sure if it needs to be plugged in or not, because I've always done it... uh, no, I guess actually I've done it when it's unplugged and it worked. As long as it has Wi-Fi. Okay. It's not like a cloud thing. It doesn't send it up to, to the cloud to send right. it. It actually does come from the device. But as long as you have network access, you're good. Okay. Yeah. And if you have a cellular iPad, that'd be great. It doesn't um, stick it with your iPhone. It's like whatever one you schedule from, that's the one it's going to send it from, right? Yeah. And so if you schedule one on the phone and one on the iPad, then you'll have to keep track of them separately, which is kind of okay. interesting. Yeah, I That'd be a nice tweak to sync that over and whichever one of the network access send from that one. Right, definitely. Yeah. And then uh, reminders as templates, which seems like a pretty cool thing. Um, I haven't really used the templates much. Like with the groceries, I don't know if you'll do this with groceries. I don't know if you use reminders at all. I'll go back in the show completed. I'll just uncheck stuff that I want again. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty smart. I like that. Um I use reminders all the time. It's my only to-do app, and I've I've been with it for years, and and I really enjoy it. Um, I don't use the templates. I need to, and it's one of those things. It's like every time I think about it, I don't do it, and then when it's time to actually use it, <laughs> it's like too late. Yeah. Um. But you know, packing lists. I'm really really intense about packing and making sure that I'm prepared for the trip. Yeah. And then when I'm leaving the trip, I always do the exact reverse, right? And you make sure you pack mm-hmm. everything back up. So I need to make a template for my packing list because uh, it would an ease my mind. Unpacking list. Well, just you know, just make sure you got your your chargers, yeah, because you know, those get spread out all over sure. the hotel. You got to get those this. back in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just need to uh, I need to get that out of my brain. Yeah, because it just takes up too much mental energy when I'm getting ready for a trip. Yeah. No. Very cool. Have they made other tweaks? I know they probably have to reminders. Uh, has that changed much this year? I know it's been improving steadily over the years. 
Yeah, they they've been working on smart lists and the ability to kind of group lists together into a view, which is which is really cool. Uh, my use case is pretty basic, so I don't uh, I don't use a lot of the more power type features. But uh, yeah, reminders it's always getting better and better. So if uh, if you haven't looked at it in a few years, I'd suggest uh, giving it a look because it's yeah, really great. I think you can pin pin lists now to the top, which is nice if you have one that you want to keep an eye on. Yes, and then um, focus mode got a version like 1.5 this year they kind of cleaned up what was kind of wrong with it last time meaning you can like exclude versus just saying to include every app or person and then it uh for the iphone it integrates with all the lock screen and um stuff like that so do you do much with um with focus mode yeah, I went all in on focus modes when they first came out. And like a lot of people over that first year, I found that uh, doing the inclusive lists for a lot of use cases is not uh, great because you end up accidentally excluding people and apps yep. that you want to hear from. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'd have my personal list, which really that's for when I'm at home. And really, it's just I don't want to see work stuff. Right. Yeah. But I would end up blocking out, you know, some friends on accident or, you know, Maybe there was a social media app that I wouldn't have minded hearing from at the time. But so, yeah, I've switched most of my lists over to exclusive, except for sleep. Sleep is still pretty locked down. Yeah. Because um, that's a, you know, that's a time I don't want to be disturbed. But yeah, I, I've switched most over to to being uh, exclusive instead, and I found that to work a lot better. And I've done a lot of playing around with focus filters, mm-hmm. which is a really cool new feature this year. Uh, I wish more third parties would kind of get into it. You know, uh, yeah, the, a lot of the apps that I use that uh, I think would be great. You know, even like Slack and Discord, I think would be awesome to integrate in there. But I do use um, messages to kind of filter out my message list mm-hmm. so that I'm only seeing the ones that I want to see at the time. And I was experimenting at one point. Uh, I didn't end up sticking with it, but there's an app called Screen Time Plus. Have you heard of this? No. Oh, uh, it's it's a very cool app. So it's using the new Screen Time APIs, okay? Uh, that were new with iOS uh, and iPadOS 16, it, but it integrates with focus filters so that when you're in a focus, it'll only show certain apps or only allow hmm. you to open certain apps. Kind of like the downtime feature of Apple's Screen Time, yeah, but for each focus mode. And so that was really cool. It kind of helped me break some habits of like checking work email when I, you know, was at home and things like that. Um, so it's a it's a great app. If you're so, what happens when you try to open in a forbidden app at that time? It will bring up the typical uh, screen time you've reached your limit message. Yeah. You know, kind of like you had a time limit or mm-hmm. something like that. And it'll, of course, give you the option to ignore Rickets. that limit if you really want to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, screen time plus, I think you can actually change, you know, exactly what those options are and lock it yeah. down to where you can't skip it. And it has a very uh, powerful, like, full detox mode mm-hmm. that I accidentally turned on uh, on my phone and couldn't <laughs> turn off. Like, I just I couldn't get back into the app to fix it. Even a restart, it, it persisted. I just had to wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So if you really want to annoy your uh, child or your spouse, throw that on, the detox right. mode. Yeah. yeah. It's a great tool. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! And then um, we got pass keys, uh, which I have not started using anywhere yet. I have finally started using two factor within iCloud, and that's pretty great. 
Um, I'm still kind of stuck between one password uh, for family and then iCloud, which doesn't do family stuff. And it's kind of a messy time in password land. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wish iCloud Keychain would do family stuff. I think that's the last big feature that would draw in a lot of people. I actually started using it before I was was married, so I'm all in on the iCloud Keychain stuff and. I just have to go through that airdrop dance, you know, when yes. I need to share somebody a password. It's uh it's not ideal. No. Know? You know, hey, what's the what's the Hulu login? Well, let me pull up the app and airdrop it to you. It'd be nice if you could do like a like the iPhone like the iPhoto shared library, but uh with with keychain stuff, I think yeah. that'd be great. Yeah, hopefully they get to that. So that's your strategy, you just airdrop passwords and yeah, that seems like a okay way to do it. Yeah, it's it's pretty secure because it goes straight into their settings app. There's no record in the yeah, text you're not message texting or anything like the password or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the two factor is nice how it just shows up in the the quick bar there when you need it. Yes, I did not use this until recently. I uh, decided to lock down one of my accounts with two factor, and it was really really easy to set up. I'd never used a two factor app before. I've mm-hmm. always just done it through like SMS or you know Apple has their own thing yeah. for for the Apple IDs. And yeah, I was amazed how simple it was to get that QR code into the app and start generating generating passcodes very, very easily. Yeah, because you can long press on a QR code to send it into there, which, uh, you know, if you don't realize that, you're like, oh, let me grab my phone, take a picture of my iPad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the weather app came to iPad. We finally have a weather app. We don't have a calculator app, but we had the weather <laughs> And it's a really good app. Uh, if someone showed me the 2007 uh, Yahoo Weather app for iPhone, the one that was built in back then, and said it's going to become this one day, I would have been blown away because it's yeah, it's really detailed and it's it's pretty great. Yeah, they've done such a great job with it. You know, they had the big redesign on iPhone last year, and um, it's it's just a really great weather app. And they've kind of taken it to the iPad in the most, I would say, sensical way of expanding it and, you know, making it super glanceable, but you can also dig into those charts and all that stuff if you're really, really into it. So, yeah, and the charts yeah, are I'm great because you can change it from precipitation to, like, temperature and real feel versus there's all sorts of different toggles there. Yes, yeah, it, you can kind of make it what you want and, and see the exact information that's important to you. Uh, mostly, I'm just glad that when I accidentally tap the weather uh widget on my iPad. Yep. It doesn't take me to weather.com anymore. I don't know if you remember that <laughs> yeah. uh, article where they reviewed the iPad weather app. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty great. Back before. That was uh, 9 to 5 Mac, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, that was hilarious. So yeah, it, it's finally uh, it's finally come to the iPad. Now we just really, really need that calculator. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you could do all sorts of things with the iPad calculator. That could be, that could be fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then there's all, all sorts of smart things. Uh, there's the list from subject uh, for photos to just grab the subject of an image, which has been really amazing and fun to play with. And live text got uh, actions, quick actions. If it recognizes it's like a um, a phone number or something, you can act on that. You have live text and videos. Um, have you done much with any of this stuff uh, this year? Yeah. The subject lifting feature... I think a lot of us just, when we first got iPadOS 16, just kind of did it for fun to see what it could do. You know, you pull your dog out of a picture and put them on a funny background or use it as an iMessage sticker or something, which is, uh, it's a lot of fun. But I've actually, it has come in handy for work 
um, when I'm working on designs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I'll get like an image from like Unsplash or something, you know, an, an image that you can use, but you kind of just want the subject on top of a different background. Yeah. Very quickly take that out. Maybe maybe clean it up just a little bit around the edges sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, it is uh, it is uh, AI after all. But um, yeah, I, I really love that feature and it's, it's a lot of fun to just take your family pictures and, and see what you can get out of them too. Yeah. Yeah. You want a nice clean background. I tried doing it with a with a more complicated background and you do need to do a fair bit of cleanup there um, sometimes. But with clean backgrounds, if you have the forethought, especially in mind, it's like, oh, I might want to manipulate this. Uh, don't have, <laughs> like uh, if you're in a house with some photos in the background on a wall, try not to do that oh. one because it'll get confused. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pull all the people out of the little pictures behind you as exactly. well. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, the whole map got a big redesign. You can browse based on accessory type and matters starting to roll out. Um, are you into HomeKit? Do you use HomeKit much? Yeah, I have a lot of HomeKit accessories, a lot of uh, smart switches and bulbs. And uh, I've got the HomeKit Secure Video Doorbell, which I, I really enjoy. Nice. Um, I didn't hate the original home app, like a lot of people, you know, really just didn't, didn't oh, like the design of it, it at it's all. Like this is the worst <laughs> app on iPad. And, uh, but we got a redesign and I, I like it a lot too, especially the status categories up at the top yeah. where you can kind of dive into the climate. I've been spending a lot more time in there since my HomePod minis can now sense temperature right? and humidity. Isn't nice? Yeah. It's, it's awesome to have that, that information. And also, you know, just to see, you know, how it's how it's calibrating and if it's kind of accurate with the rest of the stuff you've got going on. But, um, yeah, I, I love the new Home app, uh, especially, like I said, those at the top. When I need to just, like, quickly flip on and off some lights, that light toggle up at the top is really great. I do also tend to use automations in Siri a lot mm-hmm. for HomeKit stuff, so yeah. I don't spend all of my time doing smart home stuff in the Home app. But when I do need to, I find it I find it nice to use. Very cool. And then anything else, iOS, iPad OS 16, we didn't chat about that you're finding super useful. One thing I did want to mention is custom email domain improvements in yeah. iCloud Plus. Um, I did this when they first set it up with iOS 15, and it was a bit of a pain. You had to go through iCloud.com. I think you actually had to go through beta.icloud.com yeah. at first. It was a little bit of a mess, and you had to go into your domain settings and change DNS and all that, and they've completely smoothed that over now. Um, you can do it all in the settings app on your iPad. Uh, no need to go to a browser at all. It does the DNS for you at least, um, with certain domain providers. I use Google domains and it, it did it for me. I didn't have to do anything. And, uh, another cool improvement is you can share it with people outside of family sharing. Now, last year it was locked into your family and now you can share that domain with anybody. So I bought a new domain, uh, about a month ago, I think. And I just wanted to see what it was like to to integrate it with iCloud Mail, and so now if uh, if I want to be reached at that domain, I can be reached that way, and and anybody else I want to share it with can as well, which is very cool. Is there there's no limits as to the number of people you can share it with? I think it's uh, five or six people. It's kind of a low okay. limit, so you wouldn't want to do this for like a business, right? You know, um, but for a family or you know, if you just got some friends that you got a, a funny you know yeah. domain you want to share with. Um, it, it's really helpful for that kind of thing. And it's it's not free, but it's included with iCloud Plus. So if you're already paying for iCloud storage, which I imagine most of us are, 
then you don't have to pay extra for, you know, a custom email domain. Do you get that custom plus your regular iCloud domain or is it one yes. and the same? You get both. Well, they're in the same inbox. Same inbox. Okay. Yeah. But so, you can you can but, share either one. The the old one will you, continue to work. Yeah, and you can send from either when you're composing. That's nice to uh, know. You can yeah. choose the default one. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, I may play around with that. Um, and then, yeah. It's pretty fun. It, it was a nice surprise that iCloud shared uh, libraries. It's not linked to the family sharing. It's kind of anyone you want to invite uh, to it. Yeah, that is nice. It's nice that they're kind of expanding those sharing features outside of family sharing, which I'm a big fan of family sharing and, and enjoy that a lot. But sometimes you want a little bit of flexibility with yeah. with who you share with. They do nice. need to expand their... Uh, size limits uh you know if you want grandparents and stuff in an iCloud shared thing it's not really conducive to that you're gonna run out of people real fast yeah that's that's tough because they're also doing purchase sharing i think that maybe they'd have to lock that down a little bit if they wanted to get beyond six yeah, people i mean yeah mainly just for the iCloud uh shared library which is just a separate invite list. oh right yeah. so right. that'd be nice yeah. if they yeah. could work on that yeah um, and then I guess the wrap up, um, you also do a Apple TV podcast, Magic Rays of Light. I just wanted to ask, what's some of the best Apple TV content that people may be sleeping on right now? Oh, man, there's so much good stuff out there. That's why Sigmund and I have to talk about it every week. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, if you want some recommendations from me, there's a new show on Apple TV Plus called Shrinking. I and, don't know uh, how they got Harrison Ford into a TV show. This is wild. I I don't know either, but it's really incredible because every week I get to, you know, I get to see Han Solo up on yeah. my TV screen. It is uh, great. Playing a, I, I watched the first episode. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Jason Siegel stars as well. And it's uh, created by Bill Lawrence and Brett Goldstein, who a lot of people know from Ted Lasso. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, uh, maybe, you know, Bill Lawrence from Scrubs. Also. Yes. It's it's a funny show, but it's also very touching. And uh, I'm really enjoying that one so far. One that I would call a sleeper hit that I'm always talking about and I wish more people would watch is Acapulco. Have you seen yeah. this one? I, I have to be honest, I, I think it started and got distracted. But yeah. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Hey, it happens. There's a lot of TV yeah. out there. Uh, well, just as a reminder, it's a bilingual comedy set at a resort in Mexico. It's got a little bit of a How I Met Your Mother kind of vibe, yeah. which really works for me because it's got you know the main characters telling the story, so you kind of get two versions of him. Um, yeah, that one's very fun. And then, uh, Pachinko is a drama. It's kind of a family epic drama that takes place over many generations in Korea and Japan. Very beautiful show. Okay. I definitely have heard amazing things about Pachinko <laughs> and need to watch that for sure. Well, yeah. Thank you. I will check those out. And, uh, where can people <laughs> find, uh, the podcast to stay up with the latest in Apple TV? The podcast is called Magic Rays of Light, so you can search for that in your podcast app of choice, or you can go to screentimes.net. That's our website, and you can find the podcast there. Very cool. And any other places you want to plug? Well, my website is devindundee.com. I do a bit of blogging over there. I don't know if you've heard, Tim, but blogging is back. Back. (laughs) Better than ever. That's right. That's right. And I've also been spending a lot of time over on Mastodon, which is a really fun place to be. So if you want to connect there, I'm devindundee at mastodon.social. Cool deal. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Tim. Well, that's my discussion with Devin all about iPad with 16. My thanks to him for his time recording, and my thanks to you for your time and attention tuning in. Once again, you can support the podcast over patreon.com slash iPadPros or by subscribing in Apple Podcasts. With that, I'll talk to everyone again real soon.